Hey, this is Corey from the Showdown Podcast. When I'm not talking about movies, I'm listening to Set Lusting with Bruce. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lesson Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is a um, a new Twitter friend. Um, hi, Colin. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, we were exchanging a few things on Twitter, and as um, I always do. If anyone shows any interest about Bruce Springsteen at all, I'm like, hey, want to be on the podcast? <laughs> so, and Colin was nice enough to say yes. So, welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, well, I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm 27 years old, and I'm a writer. I can't really call myself an author because I haven't published anything yet in terms of books, but I do blogging and I write books and screenplays. And I went to college for creative writing at University of Pittsburgh. Ah, well, very nice. Yep. Uh, that's that's cool. Um, and um, what what genres do you like to write in? What kind of writing do you like to do? I kind of do a little bit of everything, but recently I found myself writing a lot of comedy. Okay. And I also do prefer to write in like the mystery or film noir, which is what I love in terms of movies. I'm a big movie fan. I blog about movies. So the one book I've finished is like a detective story, sort of a little bit of horror thrown in. Oh, very nice. So yeah. are you uh, now working through the how to get published uh, scenario? Yeah, I've been looking into that. It's a long road, especially when you cross over genres in a book. Some people are looking for a very specific style of book. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, best of luck to you. Thanks. Uh, so we always like to start with um, Childhood. So talk about growing up. What kind of music did your family listen to as when you were a kid? Uh, well, now my dad grew up on all kinds of classic rock, but when I was a kid, he wasn't going to listen to that too much at the time. Uh, mostly it was either classical, uh, some like contemporary Christian, but not a lot because my dad's a pastor. Okay. So contemporary Christian, but honestly, I was raised from probably days old on folk music, like American folk music. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, Stephen Foster, that kind of thing. Even before I was in elementary school, I was learning that kind of thing. Oh, very nice. So yeah. um, so your father's a pastor, so you're yes. a preacher's kid. Yep. Uh, with all that is good and bad about that. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, grew up, I grew up in a Baptist church. Um, okay. And so I, I certainly had my share of friends and knowing that, you know, as I went to Bible camps and other things met, um, you, you kind of learned about the pastors and ministers, you know, family and that the joy and the struggle of having that. Um, you mentioned your dad. How about your mom? What kind of music did she like? Uh, she was more the, she enjoyed the classical style of music. She, I think we had a lot of classical music in the home growing up and even apparently before I was born when she was pregnant with me, I heard she would listen to classical music. I don't know if that's a, 
advice you heard or something. But so when I was a kid, I didn't like it, and then when I grew up, I'm like, yeah, I can appreciate classical music. Yeah. Uh, so what do you tell me about your first awakenings where you kind of found your own music? How old were you, and what what were you drawn to? First found my own music when I was about nine or ten years old. I started listening to country music. So, okay. Yeah. Um, we went to, uh, I think it was called the Kentucky Opry in Kentucky. It's like the Grand Ole Opry, just not as famous, obviously. And I heard some country music. I'm like, I can get into some of this. So I started listening to the radio, and I really grew to like some of it. Never was across the board mainstream country, but there was a lot of stuff I liked. So like Garth Brooks, I still enjoy that kind of thing. And uh, more on the folk side of country, I do still enjoy, but I've kind of phased out of a good bit of country music. But it was definitely a part of my upbringing. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to ask, what kind of music did you like? I mean, like you mentioned Garth Brooks. How about others? Uh, let's see. Uh, Garth, yeah, Garth Brooks would be my favorite, but I liked uh, Brad Paisley had really interesting sounds for a time. I'm trying to think who else I liked. There was a. Really obscure band, but they're still one of my favorite bands. They were called Pin Monkey. They were kind of like bluegrass Americana country. Mm-hmm. They really didn't get much radio play, but I heard a song or two, and just, their albums are so genuine sounding. I just love their sound. Yeah, there is a um, here in Texas. I guess not just in Texas, but you know we have Red Duck, Red Dirt Country, and we also have you know a fair amount of Americana. That kind of that's combination folk and and you know country and western a little bit of rock so that can be very interesting to talk about um i'm a big brad paisley fan as well i um i i saw him perform somewhere and i thought he was really interesting and started collecting some of his old cds and really really enjoyed it so yeah i'm right there with you yeah I really especially liked his early work. He his guitar playing is really good. He is. He I, I totally agree. Um, did um, so as you continued to grow, did you keep liking country or uh, or did you can you broaden your taste? Yeah, I sort of around let's see, uh, fifteen or sixteen, I started listening to more southern rock, Almond Brothers, that kind of thing, and then I got into more rock of any era, basically. Mm-hmm. 70s, 80s, 90s. So I started listening to like the Eagles and Creedence Clearwater Revival, stuff like that, which actually turned my dad back onto that kind of thing, funny enough. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, wait a minute, I remember yeah. this. He's like, I like this kind of stuff, yeah. And honestly, it's weird, that's how I kind of came into Bruce was uh, John Fogarty has the song Rockin' All Over the World, and I saw, oh, Bruce Springsteen, I know who that is, I don't know his music, and I clicked on him, like, well, that's nice, I like that cover. That was the first Bruce song I heard. It was a cover of Rockin' All Over the World. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's a good cover. Yeah. Um, and uh, what a, we'll talk about your Bruce journey a little bit. So yeah. you, you heard this cover. Yeah. So what did you decide to do next? Uh, that I think it was just all I knew for a little bit. About six months later on the radio, I heard Born to Run. And I think that's probably an important moment in every <laughs> Bruce fan's life the first time they heard Born to Run. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It just was something I think I'd ever heard. And it was just on a just a rock station. I believe it was a serious radio or one of those. And I was like, oh, what is that? And when Clarence's saxophone comes in, I was like, okay, yes, I'm sold. <laughs> All of it now. 
So, um, you know, I've told this story many times, Colin, so I apologize if I'm boring you and the listeners. But right out of high school, I picked up a Beach Boy 8-track. That's how old I am. And all of a sudden, you know, like I was going every record store trying to find Beach Boy, you know, um, 8-tracks or albums because, you know, I just wanted more and more. Yeah. Were were you that similar once you started listening to Bruce, or was it a smaller, less frantic pace? Once I heard Born to Run, that would have been January of my junior year of high school now. February of junior year of my high school, he played the Super Bowl. Ah, very nice. So I saw that, and by that point I was like, I get this now, and then I just went right in. Yeah, I did try to find as much as I could. Ah, very cool. Um. Yeah, I, I'm very sentimental. I, I I certainly think with 9-11, the U2 Super Bowl um, is very sentimental. Mm-hmm. Um, Prince was amazing. But um, Bruce is up there with best Super Bowl halftimes. I mean, that was, um, that was so special and, and so much fun. Yeah. Go ahead. No, please, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say – um, so as you started searching, like talk about what kind of albums you picked up and, and what you were finding. Yeah, well, it was all digital. I usually search music, just search yeah. music on YouTube and then buy it on iTunes is how I do it. I know iTunes is going out now, but yeah, <laughs> that's sure, usually no. how I would do it. I started with the big ones, just Born to Run, Born in the USA. I knew they were big songs. I liked those. Then I got into the Born in the USA album. So that was, that was where I started. I think that's a good place to start. It's very accessible. Yeah, I mean, commercially, yeah. um, it's its most successful album, um, you know, a, a ton of top ten hits, um, very successful. Um, and I think a lot of long-term fans, long-time fans, at times may get wore out on the CD or yeah. digital perform. But I think if you take a break from it and then come back, you remember how good these songs are. You know, so yeah, I I can imagine. Yeah, it was um, when I first heard uh, like the yeah. album cuts, especially like No Surrender and Darlington County was really the first one I got into that wasn't a big hit, and I was like, oh, he's putting this much effort into his non-singles, just fun little album cuts. I'm like, yeah, I can get into all of his music. That's very cool. Um, so have you uh, have you been able to attend a show? Yeah, I've been to. Two of his shows, I wish I could be at more. If there's another tour coming up, I'll be there. My first show was in 2012, right? It was days after Hurricane Sandy. Mm-hmm. So he was doing a lot of Jersey Shore songs. And that was, he did Fourth uh, of July, Asbury Park Sandy, of course. And he did Jersey Girl, which I'd really wanted to hear. And he did Seaside Bar Song on a sign request, which is pretty cool. That is very cool. Um, the, you know... We're always quick to say on the show that the amount of times you see Bruce is not a fair barometer of your uh, passion or your fandom because uh, it could be pinned on your age, location, financial situation. Um, you know, it, it it is easier if you became a fan of Bruce in the uh, middle 70s and lived on the East Coast, you know, lived in the jersey or new york area to have seen him 
tons of times. Sure. Um, a guy growing up in Texas, a little bit tougher. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you not finding him to 2012, you know, he's um, certainly touring, but he has not been in a while. Uh, what was your other show? Uh, yeah, my first show was 2012, and then because when I found him, he was already on the working on a dream tour, so I didn't really get a chance to see that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. the first tour after that was uh, Wrecking Ball Tour. And then my second one was the River Tour. This was a really cool show because we won the ticket lottery, and I was in the very front row. Ah, very nice. Yeah. yeah. We had a whole group of us. We were like, okay, we're all going to you know, see what we can do. We got the very front row, and he was still doing the whole album at the time. I know not long after that, he started mixing it up, but I love the River album. It's probably on most days my second favorite Bruce album. It just depends. Mm-hmm. But I think that consistently is just such a great album. And yeah. we were right by uh, Steve Van Zandt nice. on Sherry Darling, which is one of my favorite Bruce songs and definitely a favorite song off that album. Uh, he high-fived all of us in that row. Bruce did. So that was really cool. That sounds uh, fabulous. Yeah. So uh, talk to me a little bit about um, you, uh, Western Stars, came out. Yeah. And uh, we're going to spend some time talking about that. Definitely. But you did something um, kind of special to prepare for it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I had wanted to do something like this for a while, and I wanted to make a list counting down all my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs. So I wanted to do every song that was on an album, regular release, and then throw in enough to make it 250 from, like, tracks and live cuts and everything else. So I counted down my... 250 favorite Bruce Springsteen songs. I had started it a while back, put it aside, came back to it thinking leading up to Western Stars would be a good time to do it. And it was something very personal for me because it just was just my favorite songs. It wasn't, here's the ones that are the most successful. It's just the ones that mean the most to me. Yeah, um, you know, always I think the best way to do this. Um, you know, I have said that um, Better Days and... Um, Land of Hope and Dream are my two favorite songs. And uh, third, probably Thunder Road, but it depends on the day and who's asking. You know, it depends on my mood. Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. You know, and so and, – and I know there are better songs, but they those are just songs that meant a lot to me. Um, so how did you decide your songs? Well, mainly I just put the whole list on a playlist and just would do like 10 at a time of like, these are the weakest. I don't even want to say bad because he doesn't really have any songs that like make me angry. Like some artists like the Beatles, I'm like, oh, what is this? But Bruce doesn't have any songs like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He has some that I'm like, okay, they're not as good. So I start with those. The hardest to write about were like about 40 songs in. I'm like, these are all fine. But after that, once you write about ones you love, it's easy. Yeah. uh, What's the name of your blog? My blog is, it's called Movie Matchup. It's mostly a movie blog. It's kind of just turned into whatever I want. It's just uh, colinwatchesmovies.wordpress.com. So I do music and movies and TV and whatever I feel like writing about, basically. Okay, very nice. And then on the homepage right now, you'll find the the countdown of the 250 songs. But uh, it's going to be under everything else once I move on to my next project. So if you just go to the homepage there, it's right there on top right now. And in the future, it'll be at the very bottom where it says everything else. All right. And give me that one more time. Yeah. Colin watches movies at C-O-L-L-I-N. Watchesmovies.wordpress.com. Nice. Yep. Yeah. So what did you find surprising about trying to do this, you know, and 
you know, trying to put that in an order. Did anything surprises you about it? Yeah, I actually found as I was ranking it, I'd move songs around more often than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I, like, especially when it got to the final top ten, which I thought would be set in stone. I thought, no, no, I gotta switch these two, I gotta switch these two. And my, my top, you know, Thunder Road's my favorite Bruce Springsteen song. It's probably a good number of fans' favorite. And that wasn't gonna sure. change. But after that, I was like, I was gonna put Long Time Coming, which I, I love the live version, but I don't love the album version. Mm-hmm. I was gonna leave that out of the top ten because it's almost in themes the same song as Better Days. They're very similar. But yeah. I realized that both of those songs were ones that just helped me so much that I'm going through something tough that I had to put them both in the top ten. Um, so anything you want to share about your um, how the songs helped you? Yeah, uh, just it's honestly not like one specific incident. Just I know through college, especially if I was going through something tough, it's with like friendships, relationships, anything goes with myself, trying to better myself. I would just listen to those songs over and over, like Long Time Coming, especially. It's just such a hopeful song of you're on the bright side of this now yeah um you know there are things that um influence you in your life and one of the significant moments was um there was an english teacher when i was in high school uh miss deanna duhan and we were in an english class once and she, I don't remember how we got to the topic, but I remember her talking about it, is saying that um, she, she mentioned she didn't miss her college friends. And I think that's where it led to. And she said, I, I think too many people are always worried about the next thing. She says, you're in high school and you... You, you're like, okay, let's. I can't wait till I'm in college. And then when you're in college, I can't wait till I graduate. You know, and then you get a job, and I w- can't wait till I get promoted. And then it's like, I can't wait till I retire. Right. And then she goes, and what do you do? I can't wait till I die? <laughs> um, she says, I loved college. I had a great time. I made great friends. Um, and when I see them, I'm happy to see them but I don't want to go back to college. Um, I And I think you should enjoy what you're doing now. And, um, and that really stuck to me. And so when Better Days came out and I heard it, um, I thought, oh, this is that philosophy. Yeah. The idea of the journey. And, you know, while you're waiting for your ship to come in, you're letting it all slip away. Um and so, um, as I have shared before, I was lucky enough to get to a book signing in Austin and um, had my seven seconds with Bruce as I picked up a copy of his autobiography. And, um, you know, I said I spent nine months unemployed. I listened to Better Days and Land of Hope and Dreams almost every day, and that got me through it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he heard me. Because they're already, his people are always saying, next, next. But as I've said many times, I needed to say it more than I needed him to hear it. Right, and that, that makes complete sense. I would probably, yeah, I'd be the same way with uh, with Better Days. The, the lyrics in that, like, every lyric is so well wrought. Like, there's not a wasted word in that song. 
like it's a sad man, my friend, who's living in his own skin and can't stand the company. That's the one that always sticks with me. Yeah, I I, I do, and um, I will I will bring that up in meetings, and and I'll talk about that because um, I think that's a very very strong uh, sentiment, and it's one of the lines I used in my you know Forty Days of Springsteen where I you know picked a lyric and talked about it. So I, I'm right there with you. Um, as you're re-listening to this, were there songs that you went, wow, I like this one a little bit more than I thought, or vice versa? Yeah, I thought I really liked this one, but maybe not as much. Uh, yeah, definitely on both counts. Um, one that I found myself um, putting lower, as in, like, not as good on the list as I expected, was uh, Fire, because I was going to have that higher, and I started writing about it, and I'm like, it's a good song, but it's not that much of a Bruce Springsteen song. It's just trying to be an Elvis song. Yes. So and I had that about 20 places higher. I think it ended up somewhere in like the 180s, but I had 20 or 30 places higher. I'm like, yeah, but he's written songs that are so much more distinctively Bruce than this that I can't put it any higher than like 180. Yeah, um, you know, it's um, the, you know, he had said, uh, he's been on the record that he created Fire specifically to, um, you know, for Elvis. And uh, once you know that, you can hear that. Um, that's cool. That's cool. And uh, did you say uh, ones that you went, wow, I, I think this one is a little better than I was giving it credit? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, one in particular that I really found myself growing to like just in the months leading up to and as I was writing this is My Lover Man from Tracks. And I had never thought too much about that one. Mm -hmm. And that ended up being like in the 50s or 60s, I think, because it's just it's one of those that just stays in the back of your mind. Because I fell in love with the Tracks album like right at the end of high school, beginning of college, and I would just listen to it over and over. And some of those songs just still put me in that mood of when I was just getting started in college, like the end of summer. Like, yeah. uh, I don't think Rock Away the Days was on there, but like that one and My Lover Man and a couple others just make me think of that. And My Lover Man is just such an interesting tune. It's sort of like a follow-up to the Tunnel of Love songs. Yeah, absolutely. Do, um... Uh, so, this was a good, ex a good way to kind of get ready for Western stars. So yep. once you got here, what were you thinking? Honestly, with new albums, it usually takes a little while for them to grow on me, especially when with Bruce, he's doing a new sound every album, but I'm really enjoying it. I really, I think the title track, especially. Which is yeah, I, I agree. I think it's really good. I am a, um, <laughs> I am a big fan of, uh, Tucson train for some reason. Me too. Yeah. I, I, I think it's because, um, it's the idea of redemption. Um, there is a miniature, and as in many of uh, Bruce's songs, but you you get that, you know, this guy messed up. He was a bad boyfriend, husband, whatever you want to call it, partner, and um, and he kind of went off, and now then he's been on this redemption journey, and you know he's begged and pleaded. Just give me one more chance. Give me one chance. Just just a weekend. Just come for a weekend. And she's reluctantly said yes. 
and he just he's waiting for the Tucson train, you know, to uh, to talk about that. And I just love that idea of that joy um, to, you know, I'm waiting and I'm going to show her a man can change. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, it could be a Hallmark movie. And I mean that in a good way. I mean, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a sucker for a romantic story. And, and this one is such a, has the possibility of that. So yeah, absolutely. Anything, go ahead. A hopeful song like that, like the hope in his voice really just, Makes it such a great song. Oh, absolutely. Um, any others that stand out? Yeah, I love the title track. I, I'm always interested in how Bruce, who is the, one of the most successful artists, loves singing songs about losers and uh, beat-up guys, guys going through the hardest times, like with Western Stars or the Stuntman or even the wrestler off Working on a Dream. Mm-hmm. He, he loves taking on the, the view of a loser who's not going well. And singing about them, but I think I think Western Stars, the song, is going to be my favorite song off the album. And I like Sleepy Joe's Cafe. I know not everyone does. Yeah, I'm a little surprised about that, that uh, people feel that it's um, kind of derivative. Um, okay. <laughs> but I, I didn't care. I just think it's a fun little song, and I could see the E Street Band playing it. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I know we're not going to get a full tour, but I, I have this secret wish that um, Bruce, the band that he did the video with for Tucson Train, if they could have just uh, filmed them doing a show and and put it on DVD or online, I, I would love that. Yeah, he did because, that with The Promise, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love that, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that, that would be just really cool. That sound on Tucson Train, the, the arrangement of that song is so great. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, I like um, what was the one I was just thinking of. Um, I, I was just listening to it and thinking about how great it was. I gotta pull it up here. I forget the name. <laughs> but yeah, the new album is—it's got a lot of similar sounding songs, but it's such an interesting take for him to do like that Glenn Campbell type sound. Yeah, um, you know, I—you know—I was born in '59. I graduated high school in 77, so, you know, the late 60s, early 70s, I was very active listening to music the way my parents listened to it. Mm -hmm. And there was definitely a – where the – it was um, in that wheelhouse, that Jimmy Webb, Glenn Campbell. Yeah. And to – hear that um when you heard hello sunshine you know i went wow wow yeah that's that's amazing sundown is the one i was thinking of the other one yeah oh yeah really good stuff absolutely such big sounding but it's still personal but it's got such a big string sound on it yeah yeah i love it oh absolutely um and we're hearing words that he may um, you know, he he is saying that he has um, E Street Band, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to wait and see what happens on that. Um, talk to me about um, any other Springsteen stories to share. Oh, I, I'm sure I could tell a million. 
Um, yeah, I think one thing that I connect my love of movies with my love of Bruce because you can see his like cinematic inspiration coming through on so many different songs. Yeah. And as a writer, I love I love his story albums. Like The Ghost of Tom Joad, I think, is really underrated, the whole album. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, on any on a given day, I might like that album more than Nebraska. Okay. Because the stories are just so interesting. And the, the melodies he writes on the Tom Joad album, like The Line and Sinaloa Cowboys, and uh, even the title track, I just... Love those couple songs on there. They're so good. The line is was like in my top twenty songs. I was surprised how high I put that one. Yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, did um, with the um, coming up blinded by the light, uh, you know the uh, film. Uh, obviously, I'm sure you've seen the trailer. Yeah. Um, initial thoughts. Ah, yeah, it looks interesting. It's quite an interesting uh, story. In general, was it a, was it a kid from India who's living in Great Britain? Yeah, so yeah. Um, he's. Um, I actually ended up reading the book and really liked it. Okay. Um, he is Pakistanian, and his uh, he was born in the UK, or he was very young when they moved over, and um, and they had. Uh, and so the whole book um, ends up being more about, while there certainly is a lot of Bruce Springsteen in it, um, there is also a lot of discovering who he was um, in a way that, you know, he's British and Pakistanian. Right. Um, and that um, part of two worlds um, was something that was really interesting to read. And, um, you know, some of the scenes that are in um, the movie, the previews, I, you know, we haven't got to see the movie yet, were, it, were directly from the book, obviously. But one of the things that I was really surprised about, and I'm, I'm hoping I can get the writer on the podcast, but, um, you know, there's the scene where the custom guy, you know, asked him, why are you coming here? And, you know, he says, I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen. And the guy says, I can't think of a better reason to go, right? Yeah, right. When that happened, really, was right after 9-11. Oh, wow, okay. So imagine you're a Muslim, Pakistani in descent. You're coming into America right after 9-11, and you're in customs. And he tells the story, I'm nervous, and... Someone, the guard asks him, and he tells him, and the guard basically says, I cannot think of anything more American than to go see a Bruce Springsteen concert. You are proved. Go enjoy yourself. Wow. I love you know, it. And, and yeah, so I was like, I understand for the sake of the movie, they changed that, but that was a powerful scene. Um, so cool. Well, yeah, we. I may have to have you come back on. And kind of you'll put on your movie critic hat yeah. and we'll talk about it. Yeah. You know what's amazing about The Rising, and I've always thought this. I mean, I was like, I was nine years old when. Sure. Oh, yeah, when 9-11 happened. So, but the music that came out, there were so many artists felt almost too soon. Like they like, had to write a song. Like, that's really not the best way to go about it. Right. Bruce waited. It came out until 2002. And he wrote a complete album with 
thoughtful songs, and even some which hadn't even been written because of 9-11, like My City of Ruins, which was already around. Yeah. Um, I did have a question, and, and if we can move on just for a minute. Yeah. Um, why, uh, what got you into movie reviews, and, and why, what what drew you to that, writing those kind of, um, that kind of blog, and, and talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've always been into movies from when I was little, but if the biggest moment in my music life was the first time I heard Born to Run, the biggest moment in my movie-going life was the first time I saw the movie Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? by the Coen Brothers. Okay. Because that was the first movie I saw, and I was only, oh, I'd say 11 years old when I first saw it. And it didn't, it didn't click with me yet, but I knew there was something there that was more than just entertainment. It was a thought-provoking movie. There was a lot of subtext, and I went back and watched it later. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. And that's when I fell in love with movies was just that movie because it opens up a whole world of this isn't just entertainment. You can you know, break things down and think about them, and that's why some of the essays I write on that channel about my favorite movies just get to break down why I love them so much. Yeah, and I um, you know, I've noticed you've gotten some blogs, uh, you know, ranking the Coen Brothers. Yeah. Seven sequels that improve on the original, um, and I'm scrolling through that. Um, I agree with many, many of those. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the uh, top three films, your favorite films. Top three favorite films. Okay, let's see. Again, depends on the day. Yes. Uh, Chinatown, Apocalypse okay. Now, and the three slot changes, but probably Casablanca. It's a classic. Yeah, Casablanca, you know, I is truly one of my favorite films. And um, the Roger Ebert, um, they during the anniversary of one of the anniversary discs, they had they had Roger Ebert doing a commentary oh, on yeah. the movie. That's the and, one I have too. Yeah. And he talked about. He says. If they ask me what's the best film, I would say Citizen Kane. But if someone asked me my favorite film, I would probably tell them Casablanca. Right. And um, it is um, really interesting. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but we had uh, a while back, um, I had, and oh, I'm drawing a blank, but we did top film moments with a guest hmm. uh, where we each picked – um, a film moment with a song being played, and we shared that. So um, I'll um, I'll send you the link when we okay. get offline, so you can kind of check about it, and you may want to have a rebuttal and go, hey, you know, I might want to talk about that. I actually uh, did do my ten favorite movie moments as a as a vlog piece. Uh huh. Oh, good. And, and number one is actually a music moment, so I can yeah, I have talked about things like that. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, so what are future plans for the blog and writing? Uh, future plans for the blog, I I want to do more talking about movies I love. There's enough online of a guy bashes a bad movie. It's easy to do. It's cheap laughs. I enjoy doing it to an extent, but it can't be all you do. Yeah. Now, every Christmas, it gets my most views, so I keep doing it, and it's a blast. I find ten obscure Christmas specials that are fun to bash. But it's still in, in good fun because it's, it's Christmas special. I can't all oh, hate them. They're just fun. Yeah. 
So they get my most views. I keep doing that. It actually started as a Christmas thing when I wanted to review 10 versions of A Christmas Carol. That was my first blog series. Mm-hmm. And then I, every year after that, I've just reviewed Christmas specials. So that I do that every year. Beyond that, I, I want to do more like movie essays. Like I've broken down a, it's an older 50s movie, The Night of the Hunter. And I've done Fargo and I've done Angel Heart. I want to, I want to do more stuff like that where I talk about movies I really love. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the um, and you're still working on writing, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah. I got the one book's finished. I just finished up a screenplay as well, and I'm working on some other projects that I'm kind of scoping out right now. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, the uh, David Rosen is the guy's name. He does a podcast, and uh, this was back in November of last year. We we picked. Um, our selection. So um, okay, I'll check that one out. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link. Great. Um, any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to whatever the next uh, E Street album is. Obviously, it's, that's going to be exciting. Not that I don't love the current album, but I mean, an E Street album is an E Street album. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I will try to see shows on that tour. Hopefully, more than just one because it. You know, it's getting closer to the last E Street tour before too long, obviously. Yeah, one of the things that I felt at the River Tour is that the guys had such a sense of joy playing together. Yeah. And they, and and there was a sense of they know that the road be in front of them is shorter than the road behind them. Right. Uh, not like anyone's ill or sick. Um, but I, I thought that was, um, kind of cool that, and, and there was this sense of just enjoying themselves and the idea, we don't know how many more times we have a chance to play together. And so we're going to love every minute yeah. of this. And, and I think that's very cool. That's, that's very cool. I definitely got that impression at the show I was at at State College in 2016 with the River mm-hmm. That that whole album is just so much fun. Absolutely. And so go ahead. Yeah, like with the even something like you know Crush on You, which is totally silly, but he's just hamming it up and having a blast. Or Ramrod, you know. Yeah, I mean they just truly are. Yeah. Um. So um, I can't let you go without asking the Mary question. Right. So uh, for those of you who have not um, seen the show or heard the podcast before, uh, Jay. Was Jay Ferguson was a has was on the podcast very early. He is an honors English teacher, and he teaches Thunder Road as a poem in his um, you know high school class in honors English, and they cover it, they discuss it, they make it similar to um, the Road Less Travel. They compare that, and they talk about themes, and they go through the, the lyrics and talking about the different energy and then at the end he asks them the question does mary get in the car so colin that's your question does mary get in the car i love this question because i have always enjoyed how certain bruce songs just don't give you a conclusion it's just you hear it from one person's perspective then you're left to imagine if you know i want to marry you or thunder road or any or Johnny 99, if it happens what the singer wants. So I love that. 
And I love that they study it because I've always thought if you were going to study a certain artist in a school in English class, you'd have to start with Bruce Springsteen. Because yes. his lyrics are just so in-depth. But Thunder Road, this is going to be a cheat. I think it depends on the version. Okay, no, that's a fair answer. Go ahead. I think on the album with that huge musical climax at the end with the saxophone and the piano, that's her getting in the car. Okay. But I think the more acoustic, uh, even like dirge-like versions you would play of it, I don't think she does. Interesting. I could see that. That That's a very cool, um, good answer. Yeah. Very good answer. Um, I love asking the question because, um, you know, it – now then that people who listen to the podcast are ready for it. Um, the first few times I asked it, there was like, I've never thought about this before. Hold on. Let me think. So, yeah. Um, all right, Colin, if we want to find you, how can we? Okay. Well, I already said the blog, but I'll say it again. It's colinwatchesmovies.wordpress.com. And my Twitter handle is just at Colin Murr, at C-O-L-L-I-N-M-U-R-R, two L's, two R's, on Twitter. Uh, that's usually the social media I use the most. It's just my regular old Twitter handle. You can find me there. I do all kinds of stuff. I talk about Bruce. I talk about politics. I talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. So. Yes, I uh, Colin gave up watching, as we record this, the second night of the Democrat <laughs> debates is on. And uh, he was kind enough to still talk to me. Um, <laughs> hang on, Colin, while I do a little set lusting Bruce business. Um, if you want to be on the podcast and share your Springsteen story, I'd love to have you. Uh, my goal is to have every Springsteen I, – I believe every Springsteen fan in the world has a story, and my goal is to get as many of them on the record as I can. So reach out. You can find me uh, – email setlessingbruce at gmail.com. You can call uh, – you can – on Twitter, I'm at Jesse Jackson DFW. We have a new voicemail that I have not memorized yet, so – as I go in really quickly and don't sound confusing at all. Um, it is 469-249-2442. If you call that, uh, thank you to Google uh, Talk. You can leave a voicemail and I can play it on the show. Uh, go to iTunes, rate and review us. It is how people find us. Colin, hope you had fun. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And uh, thank you. I'm going to um, – I, I held off going and uh, reading your countdown. I wanted to wait till after we had visited. So now I have that little – it's like a little present on Christmas morning I get oh, to open and enjoy. Well, I hope you like um, I do. I, I look forward to following the blog. And uh, I do think um, we, sh we should plan on you coming back after the movie comes out and kind of share. I may do like a couple of people roundtables. Um, other, you know, I've got a couple of people that have been, you know, kind of movie bloggers. I think that'd be kind of fun. Well, that'd be a have, lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Have some bloggers kind of do a round table from a Bruce fandom slash, but also like a movie, like, um, I don't know if you saw the movie love and mercy. Oh, I love that movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I am hoping it's that style it's because I thought that movie did a great job of. Um, showing the creative process yes. that Brian, it showed his madness. Um, it, it showed the redemption that um, his Melinda gave to him. Um, I, I just, the, the scenes of watching him record pet sounds were just so awesome. 
And uh, speaking of, you know, you, one of your blogs is uh, great closing music for a movie. And uh, Love and Mercy, when they, when you, when um, she looks at him and says, what now at the very end? And they start playing, wouldn't it be nice? You know, I, I still tear up. Oh, I, I tear up too. And if I had seen that movie when I wrote that, that would probably be right at the top of the list. <laughs> I love yeah. that moment. It's yeah, perfect. Absolutely. And then how perfect to have actual Brian playing Love and Mercy over the closing credits was just absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, so I warned you beforehand, Kevin, we will get off on tangents. Uh, but <laughs> thank you. This was a blast. I appreciate it. Listeners, uh, go check out Colin's blog. Please follow him on Twitter. Um, send us some love by some reviews on iTunes. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.